Welcome to the Doctors for Environment Australia podcast. Doctors for Environment Australia advocates for a healthy planet for healthy people. This podcast is for anyone interested in the environment and health. And we're your hosts, Dr. Kaya and Dr. Karen. This podcast is recorded all over Australia, and we would like to acknowledge and pay respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who have been custodians and guardians of this land for thousands of years, currently and into the future. There can be no climate justice without justice for First Nations peoples. Okay, so today we're really excited that we have Ben here talking to us. Um, Dr. Ben Ewald is a GP and an epidemiologist. And he has a special interest in air pollution. So really what we'll be talking most about today is indoor gas appliances, particularly related to the risk of asthma. Uh, so Ben, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi. So yeah, look, I'm a GP in suburban Newcastle doing private practice, kind of general practice. But I also have a PhD in epidemiology and used to teach for the uni for about 20 years on research design and infectious disease kind of stuff. And in the last decade or so, I've been doing some work on, uh, on air quality, you know, health impacts of air quality, how you estimate the scale of those health impacts and uh, seeing how that, you know, applying some epidemiological thinking can feed into what we do about air pollution and indoor air quality. Wonderful. I'm so excited to talk today. We are talking about gas appliances amongst other things and Really excited about it because I've learned so much um, researching this for this podcast. This is really eye-opening to me. Um, so I think we might just begin with why are we talking about gas appliances today and what's the risk to health? Yeah, look, we all think of gas as just, you know, the thing that heats your stove, heats your pot on the kitchen stove. But the gas is burning at quite a high temperature and releasing a set of combustion products into the air inside the house. The most studied ones of those are nitrogen dioxide uh, and formaldehyde. So they're both produced in the flame and that goes straight into the, the room air. Now, unless you've got a very well-ventilated kitchen, so like a good extraction fan and all the different windows open, that quite rapidly builds up to levels where it can have effects on your respiratory system. Now, most noticeably, exposure to those combustion products can set off asthma in children. That's the best studied effect. But there's also a link to asthma in adults. And yeah, those are, those are the two kind of strongest health effects that we see. So of course, it's not just gas being burned in stoves, it's also gas in room heaters. So if you've got a gas heater that's not glued to the outside, then of course, all those combustion products are just coming into the room as well. These things have been quite well studied. There's even a meta-analysis of studies of you know, asthma in kids in houses with and without gas stoves, showing a blood ratio of about 1.4. So quite an increased risk you know, for current asthma if you're a child in a house with a gas stove. There was also some work done on space heaters, a very nice study done by people from Sydney on schools in the Blue Mountains in Goulburn, where they actually installed two heaters in each classroom and gave the teacher a remote control that would run one of them, but they didn't know which one. And then weeks about, they either had a fluid heater or an unfluid heater and did lung function testing and, and symptom scores on all the kids in the classrooms. 
and found more wheeze and cough kind of symptoms in the weeks when they were using an unflued heater than when they were using a flued heater. Very strong evidence to have that from a randomised controlled trial. And it's not often you can get, you know, that quality of evidence for an environmental exposure like that. Ben, am I right that the exposure to gas increases your risk of developing asthma, but also if you already have asthma, that you're more likely to have triggers? Is that right? Yeah. And the two exposures, both associated with developing asthma and with getting um, you know, acute triggering of asthma attacks. Mm-hmm. So both those things are more likely. So when I found out this kind of stuff, I was really quite intrigued to think, well, you know, why doesn't anybody know about this? And as doctors, shouldn't we be informing our patients if they have asthma that you know, this is a risk to their health and there should be something they can do about it? Um, in the Climate Council report that I was reading on this, that the levels of NO2 exposure typically in kitchens if you're using a gas stove would be the same as if you were exposing your child to passive smoke from cigarettes, which is huge. And it also got me thinking about, I've been seeing on the TV a lot, all these ads about making healthy choices. If you have asthma in the air you breathe, I don't know if you've seen the ads, it has the blue butterfly over the mouth. And it's sort of like I'd a public watch enough health... TV to watch that. See one? <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's good. <laughs> But it's, it's interesting that that kind of campaign is going on at the moment and yet you don't hear anything if it has to do with the gas industry on the TV. Mm, yeah. So, so there are things that people, I mean, the, the, the best solution, of course, is to get rid of your gas stove. So and nowadays, you know, an induction stove does such a good job that there's really no reason to have a, a gas stove anymore. But, of course, you know, some people are, are renting or some people, you know, can't afford to renovate their kitchen just at the moment. So... Interim measures, of course, are we're making sure your kitchen's better ventilated. And that means you know, running an extractor fan every time you turn the stove on and opening doors and windows. Now, the extracting your range hoods are a pretty mixed bunch. Some of them just suck in air above the stove and blow it back into the room. And of course, those ones do nothing about nitrogen dioxide. So it has to be a range hood that's ducted to the outside, outside of the house. Um, and even then, they do a pretty poor job. So I saw some research on those that uh, suggested that any of the range hoods that actually meet the sound standards, like the ones that don't sound like a jet engine taken off, um, they were collecting only about 30% of the combustion products. So the other 70% were going into the room. Mm. To be effective, a range hood has to be a very high flow kind of industrial kind of thing, which most people don't want that much noise in their kitchen. So yeah, just turning on the range hood, you know, adds a little bit, but not that much. I've always thought that the range hood was just for if I was cooking and I started to burn something and I wanted to suck up the smoke. <laughs> yeah, works for that too. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, there's a real lack of public knowledge about the effects of gas. <laughs> this is great that we're doing this podcast. I'm so pleased that Kaya's learning so much. <laughs> Um, so those are kind of some of the things that we can do personally at home about that. But as a GP, do you talk to your patients about these things? Yeah, look, since I've become aware of it, I'll, I'll if, if, a, if a patient, especially with parents of kids with asthma who are, you know, hunting around for all the things they can do to, to reduce the kids' triggers. So obviously a child with asthma, you want to protect them from ever being exposed to cigarette smoke. And, you know, most parents of young kids these days keep them well away from cigarette smoke, at least where I work. But, yeah, look, mostly they don't know about this business with the gas stoves being a trigger. 
and and it's it's really a, a trigger in in two ways. So there's some quite fascinating research showing that in in the HAPS in the Australian Child Health and Air Pollution Study, they examined a large sample, like over two thousand kids in schools, and looked at their exposures and asthma status, and found a higher degree of allergy to house dust mites in the places where there was more NO2. So there's also animal work that backs this up, suggesting that NO2 works like a sensitizer to the other allergens that are in the environment. So kids with house dust mite may be you know, more likely to be reactive to it or more sensitive to it if it, they're co-exposed with some nitrogen dioxide. And there's certainly mouse models of that that show mice developing allergies to um, you know, antigens they're exposed to in the presence of NO2 when the same exposure doesn't create an allergy without the NO2. So, yeah, that really suggests that the NO2 has a, has a chronic effect in um, leading a person towards being asthmatic as well as an acute effect of treatment of their episodes when, when exposed. When else do you find that NO2 can be an issue for people apart from in respiratory issues? NO2 is, is mostly a respiratory problem. Um, there's quite a lot of epidemiology showing associations between tr the, the sort of the mixture of traffic air pollution and a number of problems, ranging all the way from you know heart disease to sort of child cognitive development to, to de dementia. But no one's really clear if it's the NO2 in the traffic air pollution or whether it's something else, you know, the diesel particles or or other things in that mixture that's the traffic air pollution. So mm. the, the story with you know pure NO2 as a trigger like you might get you know, from, a, from an indoor exposure, um, it's really the respiratory health things that we're most concerned about. Yeah. So DEA has recently developed a, a fact sheet on this, which I've started using with patients and a lot of people, people seem very receptive. Um, you know, thinking about the ways they can reduce their kids' exposure or their own exposure um, at home. And, and it has some suggestions there, you know, ranging from the sort of simple and cheap to the complicated kitchen makeover. So what were some of the um, simple and cheap options? I know we talked about the range hoods, but I'm... Range hoods, there's opening a door and a window, but there's also the sort of halfway step of getting one of those plug-in single pot induction cooktop things. So they're only about $100. You get them from... You know, any kind of electrical goods shop. Um, it plugs into a normal PowerPoint and it'll cook one pot for you. And given that, you know, a lot of occasions when a stove is used, it's only one of the burners being used, that might greatly reduce the occasions on which you have to use the gas stove. Because mm. it's a big upfront cost to get an induction cooktop. And mm. I'm quite lucky living in, in a jurisdiction where they're actually providing interest-free loans for people to completely electrify their homes. So it pays for things like that. But some people might live in places where that's there are potentially options like that available as well. Yeah. I mean, if you're putting, if you're taking out a gas stove and putting in an induction stove, there's the cost of the stove. And there's also often in an older house is the cost of upgrading the wiring to cope with the high current demand. Yeah. yeah. That's the biggest drawback of this good, great technology. Yeah. In older houses, often there's some more upstream costs to get a sufficiently heavy duty power connection. And I was wondering what doctors can do to educate patients a little bit more about this and what else doctors can do on the issue. You spoke about using the fact sheet. Is there anything else you'd recommend? Um, there's also some good information that Asthma Australia has on their website. 
it's similar kind of information, but yeah, it's also available through those channels. Mm -hmm. So those those organisations have been on this for a while. Yeah, look, I, I think there's very little public awareness out there. So yeah, we're going to be doing some some um, webinars for doctors over the next months to uh, you know try to raise some awareness, and we'll have a, a story in the Australian Journal of General Practice coming up, I think, early next year sometime. Fabulous. Is there anything else important that you'd like people to know about? If people can um, manage to take themselves off the gas network completely, then of course there's quite a lot of savings in in the standing costs of being connected to the gas network. So um, when I did went through this whole exercise, you know the the connection fee to the gas network pays off the new stove in about four years. So uh, over you know that kind of time frame, there's really no extra cost in it because once you stop paying gas bills, those savings. And and yeah, look, it's and, and nice in that you know with an induction stove, you're just heating the pot, you're not heating the saucepan. Mm. Um, so yeah, and most of the time trying to cool our houses rather than heat them. Exactly. And, and I suppose the nice thing about it is that you can have the whole conversation without mentioning climate once. Mm. Like it, this is not about saving the planet. This is about providing the best medical care for people with asthma. But it's also good for the planet if we get off gas. <laughs> yeah. True. The other little kind of word play that's, that's worth thinking about is why is it called natural gas? Mm. And, and that's just marketing spin. From the people who sell it, so I've I've taken to calling it fossil gas, and yeah, it's it's. I think we should shift away from that terminology whenever we can. Um, mm. yeah, no more natural gas than natural coal or natural iron ore. And as part of that, you see that part of the problem around gas stoves and gas appliances is that people have always kind of been sold the marketing that they burn really clean, and they don't think that they're actually causing pollution in yeah. their homes. So yeah. I guess. Maybe changing the name helps with the messaging that yeah, is actually yeah. causing indoor air pollution. Yeah. And, and you know, I didn't realise how much rubbish was coming out in the bottom of my saucepans from the gas until realising that with an induction stove, you don't get all that black gunk on mm. the outside of your saucepan after a few years. Yeah. yeah. On a gas stove. So, yeah, there's all that. Um, it's not as clean as it's made out to be.